Hello and welcome to the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. My name is Tyler Kusunoki and I am an admissions consultant working out of Tokyo. And today we have so much to get into. I will try to keep this within our normal time limits, but there's a lot to share. There's a lot to get into. I am just back from Dubai. I attended an educational conference Uh, out in Dubai called Education 2.0. And it was kind of a gathering of industry experts and professionals to really kind of start to wrestle with this question of where is education heading next with the onset of the pandemic and the greater acceptance of online learning, but also with the changing demands of the modern kind of 21st century workforce. Are high schools and colleges doing their job of equipping the students to succeed, not just in terms of a knowledge and skill set, level but also in terms of a like soft skill and a resilience and a character level and obviously because the conference even exists in the first place the answer to that is no and i do agree with a lot of the things that were brought up there i will be sharing some of those insights kind of later down the road as we have time but lots of interesting things there for me to reflect on and consider in my own position but also for me to start thinking about in terms of how i want to leverage all of that to helping our students move forward and helping all of you make better decisions around what is increasingly a crazy process. And speaking of that increasingly crazy process as we transition, lots of regular admissions decisions are out. The big one is going to be later on. IVs come out kind of right after I finish this podcast. So timing-wise, maybe we can work a little bit on that. But the um, a lot of schools have announced, including all of the UCs, and I'm sure if you are the type who's listening to this podcast to begin with, you are the type to kind of check and see how this year's year was out in terms of numbers and this year was bonkers and that's kind of what i want to start off talking a little bit about today is talking through some of the numbers that have come out in terms of applications and so let's start with the ucs we don't really have the percentages just yet but we do have the numbers and i can talk to you about some of these insane numbers so ucla had 150,000 applicants which is even more than uc berkeley but uc berkeley was also at 130 128,000 and UC San Diego, UCSB both peaked above 100,000 applicants, so 130,000 for UCSD and 111,000 for UC Santa Barbara. And so all of the UCs basically, their numbers shot through the roof, about 1.5x uh, the numbers that they are normally used to seeing. So that's going to kind of reflect a bigger trend sort of across the board. We look at a school like Northeastern, they had a 91,000 91, applicants accepted 6,000 students. So that's around a 7% acceptance rate just going off the numbers. And that ends up being that a school like Northeastern, which is fantastic, but if looking across most rankings is kind of a top 40, top 50 school, has the exact same admissions percentage as Northwestern, which is on across every metric generally higher and they had a more limited acceptance percentage than NYU, right? And so what you're starting to see is that these the number of applicants is exploding and the number is something that many will attribute to the increase in applicants due to gap year students returning and applying through that. And that certainly is true. 
But the other bigger trend that we are seeing is that there is a growing pattern of students shotgunning their application process, and especially due to test optional, but also due to anxiety. And it is this vicious cycle that is going to, I feel, continue, right? And basically what is happening is that colleges publish these rates where even like a school that even five years ago was considered a target or safety for most qualified or competitive students is now a 7% acceptance chance, right? And that means that there is just going to be, it's going to be harder to get in because of those 91,000 students who applied, sure, not everyone's going to be qualified, but there are going to be more students that are qualified right now, just because the pool's larger, more students are applying. And so there will be anxiety there. And so more students are going to apply to more schools out of fear of not getting accepted anywhere. And, um, and so, especially for students for whom the admissions, the application fee is not an issue. And that's a lot of people. They will just apply to 20, 25, 30 schools. And um, which is far up from the normal recommendation of around 10 to 12. And so with more, more students applying to more schools, colleges also then are more concerned about offering acceptances, right? Because if I give you an acceptance, I, my, my performance is determined by do you actually end up coming, right? Which is this whole yield metric that we've been talking about. And so they are going to give out fewer acceptances. The UC schools waitlisted a quadrillion people this year and you can see that part of that is trying to hedge the bets right of like we're going to wait list because i want to see how full our class is before we offer more acceptances because we just have so many right and i think that's been across the board a lot of schools have a massive wait list this year because they are waiting to see how the regular admissions decisions pan out where students end up committing where their numbers are at in terms of their own capacity and then and they will release. And all of that makes sound like financial business sense, but it ends up with kids like living in constant anxiety, especially as their classmates hear back and hear positive news or hear back negative news. It all kinds of create creates this cycle. And all of this then kind of bleeds down into the juniors, the sophomores, the freshmen. And so when they start applying, they're like, oh no, right? I have to also apply for 20, 30 schools just to even have a chance. Look at those numbers. That's crazy. And it continues. And so even though this year there is the asterisk of uh, gap year students coming back and applying, my general thought process around this and my prediction is that it's going to continue. Um, that the number of applicants are going to dip, maybe dip a little bit, but are going to remain around the same, which means things are going to be crazy competitive kind of regardless. So there is that piece. And as we collect more info and we start to hear back from our students, I will be doing a deep dive into looking across all of our applicants and looking at their applications and looking at kind of their X factors and gleaning what I can anecdotally from what seems to work and what seems to have been less successful this application cycle ahead of next year. And I will be sharing some of those insights over the, ne over the next few weeks as we build towards the next set of rising juniors or rising seniors for that matter. So um, do stay tuned for that. Um, there are already some interesting bits and pieces that I am seeing 
and the students who have um, performed above expectation um, and those who have performed below expectation. And that's usually where I look, um, where I start is I'll look at those who did way better than we kind of predicted they would and those who did way worse than we thought they would. And I will take a close look at those profiles and start to see if there are any trends that emerge. And obviously that will all be shared to all of you. All right. So, um, long start to all of this um but there's just a lot of news that i wanted to cover um and that i wanted to share if you're interested in learning more about the complex world of college admissions or would love to connect more with college admissions officers from around the world Tokyo Academics has you covered. We are regularly hosting seminars and events that range from college essay workshops to panels with current students at top schools to small group conversations with admissions officers. For more information, please visit tokyoacademics.com slash events. That's tokyoacademics.com slash events. So today I'm going to spend a little bit of time um, just to kind of be fair to be fair to all parties, right? I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the Ivy Leagues, right? And know that this is not going to be either a like blind appraisal of the Ivy Leagues, nor is it going to be an Ivy bashing day. But I do want to make sure that as students start to think about their applications, as students start to think about where they want to apply, that the Ivy Leagues have their pros and their cons right and the ivy leagues the ivy league schools of course are the biggest name they're the most appealing they have maintained consistently kind of at the top of most rankings and for good reason right they are high quality schools they have tremendous endowments they have earned that reputation but i did want to make sure given this frenzy of applications and admissions i do want to make sure that we temper students approaches right because i really think that while the ivy leagues are fantastic the ivy leagues are just a few of a huge pool of very 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 good schools when thinking about the ivy leagues right especially if you are considering them and you feel like you have the academic clout to be applying for the ivy leagues do start off by truly trying to make sure that you understand the differences between all of them right if you are fixated on just the name value of it sure that's fine right then you already kind of you don't need to listen to the rest of this if you're going to be applying for all of them go for it but the reality is that all of the ivy leagues are different they have different cultures they attract different student bodies due to their just their culture that they've established and the type of community they have they've established they have different focuses they have different strengths and weaknesses in terms of programs and in opportunities for students they have a different emphasis in terms of balance between undergrad and graduate they have there are many many differences and so do not treat ivy leagues as that's that would this would be my first point do not treat ivy leagues as this kind of collective group of all amazing right they are all amazing but they are different and um not all ivy leagues are good for everyone right um i have had students who have gone off to harvard and 
require and requested to transfer. Um, I have students who did not expect to love Cornell because it's in the middle of nowhere and it's cold. And they went back for their master's and they went back for their PhD because they just love the place, right? And so when considering the Ivy Leagues, the first thing that I would encourage all of you to do, is sit down, start doing some research into each school. And f- if you are dedicated, to com- if you're committed to applying to an Ivy League, take some time to do the research to figure out which one actually has the things that you are interested in applying for, in part because the Ivy Leagues also have, outside of UChicago, the Ivy League schools also have the most Strenuous is the wrong word, but they have the most detailed supplements, right? Where you are going to be writing the most, be answering the most random set of questions and will absolutely need to show your love of of these schools very, very clearly. So that is another reason to do the do your research and try to get on campus as much as possible if you're thinking about doing the approaching the Ivy Leagues because their supplements are going to demand that of you. The other thing to know about the Ivy League schools, if you're considering your options, is the fact that a lot, quite a few of them do have what is called restrictive early action. And that is another thing that you, it's important for you to consider because it weighs into your strategy. So restrictive early action is basically an even more limiting early decision. Okay, so early decision basically means you can't apply ED to any other school, right? Because you are committed to applying to there. Early restricted early action or REA means you can't apply to any other early action school either, right? As if it's a private university. So if you apply REA to um, to Stanford, to Harvard, to Princeton, or to Yale, you will not be allowed to apply early action to anything except public universities, right? And all of those public universities, you won't, you likely will not hear back until. Uh, after after a regular decision anyways. And so that disrupts like entire application strategies, right? Because these schools really want to see you commit and they really want to make it clear that you are giving up a lot to show commitment to this particular school. So keep that in mind, right? That one of the elements that comes with these IVs is that if you are going all in and you're putting all your eggs in one basket, you like really are putting all of your eggs in one basket, especially for those kind of at the very, very top. There are still schools where you can do EDEA and apply those strategies, Columbia, Cornell, UPenn, Brown, all of those will allow you to ED and then apply to, to, to other schools, right? But just keep in mind that um, that there is this reality of restricted early action when applying to them as well. And honestly, the final piece is really just that the Ivy Leagues are tremendous schools that just aren't the right fit for everyone, right? They attract a very particular mindset of people just across the board, very competitive, very driven, right? Very focused on success, generally speaking, right? Again, all of these things are just general broad strokes, right? And so I bring these up. Uh, I bring the Ivy Leagues up just because I know that this, these, this will, these are always the talking points, right? Of oh my gosh, these great schools—they have a huge reputation. They are the key to my success, and I don't think that's true. I think that um, going to—I think that it's more, far more important for you to attend a school that is the right fit for you. And if that right fit is Brown, awesome. Let's go for it, right? Um, but also do not be, do not kind of despair if the Ivy Leagues are not it for you, right? The U.S. is a huge place. The world is a huge place. 
there are many different ways to go about it. But also then no, right? If you are going to commit to the Ivy League universities or to Stanford, to MIT, like if you are aiming for these very top, right? You need to, one piece of advice that I would give to you on top of all of this is really take your time and think about your competition. And it's weird for me to bring this up because it is kind of one of those like, eh, do we really want to bring up legacy and issues like that in an environment where USC is still being, well, the USC scandal has gone so large that there's a TV series about it now. But I think it's important to know that with the exception of MIT, all of the other top schools still very much utilize legacy as a way of evaluating, evaluating student applicants. I don't think it's fair, but I think it's a reality. And so the benefits that legacy has varies from school to school. For some schools, it means you get a, your, your application will get a second or third read. For other schools, it, it means different things. But one of the things that I encourage all my students to do if they are aiming high is to start looking around, start asking around, right? Know who your competition is because Every little thing counts. And unfortunately, we are in a world where the legacy is still a factor. And and so in those situations, right, it really is important, especially if you are just going for the Ivy League in general and you're going for the name um, and it doesn't really matter which one you get into, then the shrewd thing to do is to look around, pay attention to your classmates, right? Because those that's the first bucket that you need to stand out from. Right, are the people who are around you. So just a couple things there. I will be kind of taking some time throughout to do a deeper dive into some of these schools. I think that it will be helpful for the community to kind of for me to do a little bit of the research for all of you and share a little bit of each school's profile of things that stand out, of things that um, for each of these schools are unique because I do think it is worthwhile for you to be able to speak to the culture of and 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 make of of each individual school and make sure that that tracks with your own ambitions and with your own goals so that will be something that will be um upcoming either here or uh in another form which will be announced at a later date we have some things in the works uh in terms of content that i'm very very excited about but that will have to be it as far as teasers go um so just generally for the ivy leagues right do research it is very important that you identify your your early decision school or your rea school because that is going to require you to say no to some other parts of your application strategy Uh, but it is absolutely important that you do, right? If you are thinking about applying to an Ivy League school at all, at all. And I would say that this is true even down to like the top 25. If you're thinking about applying to the top 25 as your target, as like what you're aiming for, you need to find an early decision school. I don't think I have any more ways to emphasize how important this is and how important you doing enough research so you can determine your early decision school is because the boost is incredibly significant and um and the just looking at the amount of stress and anxiety that i've seen over the past couple weeks the students who already know where they're going have a are in a just a different world and so um if you are thinking about the top tier schools get started 
doing research. You need to start doing research. You need to start being pretty shameless. Reach out to every single professor who is there, who is studying something you're interested in. Knock on every door, meet with alumni, reach out to your kohai, right? Do everything you can to start to research and figure out, is this the school for me? Because if you want to have any chance of getting in, you're going to need to love that school. And you're going to need to be able to demonstrate that you love that school in your application in addition to everything else. And while this is true for any school, I would say that this is doubly true just given the amount of competition, given the amount of other factors, right? Like legacy that I mentioned, given the amount of other factors that go into it as well. The Ivy Leagues are a very unique beast and I will be spending some time later on um, as we head into the summer um, kind of providing more resources around those because regardless of anything I say around, well, don't worry about it. There are plenty of other good schools at the end of the day. I know to some degree that I am uh, yelling into the, screaming into the wind in regards to this, that at the end of the day, people are going to want to apply there and people are going to want to be ambitious and aim for those schools. And i that's fair, right? But I think it's important to know then what it's going to take and to start planning accordingly. Right? That has always been my approach as a consultant and um, my approach to my audience here is that it's fine to have goals. It's good to have goals, but you have to have a strategy. You have to have knowledge. And that's part of why I continue to do this podcast is to hopefully provide all of you with that knowledge so you can strategize effectively. Okay, so um, in the upcoming weeks, I will be breaking down a little bit more of the numbers as we see them. I also will be breaking down a little bit more of the um, kind of the numbers and the patterns that we're seeing as and also sharing a little bit more of my experiences in Dubai that I will be talking about. But in the meantime, hopefully my kind of ramble on the Ivy Leagues uh, was interesting to you. It's given you some food for thought. Uh, if you have um, given you maybe lit a fire under you to really start doing your research, really start thinking about who do I know who goes to these schools that I can ask for about their experience, right? Really starting to think a little bit more about like, this is not something, these are not schools you casually apply for. Right. And I would say that that extends beyond the Ivy League to kind of the top 10, 20, top 25. These are not schools you just casually apply for. These schools are. Um, they want to see your commitment, especially, right? Just really think about this, right? How am I going to stand out from 110,000 applications? Right. Everything that you think is awesome about yourself know that in the context of 110,000 students, it probably isn't. So start thinking a little bit about that, regardless of what age you are, right? Just really start thinking about that, that your competition is not just who sits next to you in the classroom. Your competition is not just the other kids you meet at other schools when you go for track meets and other things, right? Your competition is 110,000 other students, right? How are you going to stand out, right? How are you going to be competitive? And how are you going to be able to do so in while remaining calm, while remaining focused, right? And not stressing out, right? Um, because it is that balance, right? I don't want to, I want to, I want, I don't want to create stress. Like, let me put it that way, right? But I do want to also want to be a realistic. And the balance of that is 
have a plan. The balance of that for me has always been have a plan and that will make some of the anxieties it go away because you know what you are doing. You are being deliberate about what you're doing and there is a focus for that. Okay, so rant off. All right, so thanks for listening to the Accepted Podcast. Again, my name is Tyler Kusunoki. We hope you enjoy today's topic on the Ivy Leagues as well as just an update on all the crazy numbers that are coming out of this admission cycle. Uh, please join us next week for more on the complex world of college admissions. If you like what you're hearing and you want to support us, be sure to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice. Leaving those comments really helps us to know if we are serving our audience well, but also good ratings keep us up at the top of the list, give us greater visibility, uh, helps others to see a little bit more of what we're doing. Uh, please also follow us and hit the bell icon for notifications and stay up to date. We usually have a pretty predictable release time for these podcasts, but if there are special emergency things that are coming out, news that comes out that I really want to address, I will accord emergency casts. And the best way for you to stay in, to, in line with that is to, to um, hit the notification button. Right. We also regularly host events, both in person and online. So if you're interested in attending any of free info sessions, we just had college week where we had a bunch of admissions officers from all different kinds of schools come in and talk. Right. If you're inf interested in uh, free info sessions with either myself or with uh, real admissions officers or with current students, right, uh, check us out at tokyoacademics.com slash events. That's tokyoacademics.com slash events. And of course, if you have direct, if you really want to set up a direct consultation with myself and meet with me to ask questions and see how I can help you or my team can help you out, um, please reach out and contact us at college at tokyoacademics.com. That's college at tokyoacademics.com. All right, that's it for today. And remember, the key to getting in is getting ready.